As the rector of St. Bride's Church, Fleet Street, I warmly welcome you to this service, which is brought to you while our doors are closed due to the coronavirus outbreak. It has been collated from our archive of live choral music, together with readings, prayers, and a sermon recorded for this service. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins.
It is a great delight to welcome you to St. Bride's to our service of choral evensong on this, the Feast of Pentecost, Whit Sunday. Wherever you are in the world, and however you are listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him, through our Lord Jesus Christ, our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the Almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The Old Testament reading is taken from the book of the prophet Joel, chapter 2, beginning at the 21st verse. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, for the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the cankerworm, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty, and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my Spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The New Testament reading is taken from Acts, chapter 2, beginning at the 14th verse. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapour of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
God, who as at this time didst teach the hearts of thy faithful people by sending to them the light of thy Holy Spirit, grant us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy comfort through the merits of Christ Jesus our Saviour, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The lockdown period has certainly taken its toll on all of us, and depending on our personalities, our individual circumstances, and our life situations, for some it has been far more of a struggle than for others. But I've also found it to be a time when I have learnt to count my blessings, including recognising the value of certain things that in normal circumstances I would barely notice. For me, one example of this relates to the fact that my study, the place where I work for much of each day, is situated directly beneath my rectory in the crypt, and I can only access it by stepping out of my door. This means that I'm blessed with a workspace that feels completely separate from my living space and is also free from domestic distraction. I so feel for those people who are trying to get work done on their dining tables in a house full of children who need their attention. It certainly helps psychologically that I'm fortunate enough to be able to separate work and personal life in this way. And I've also come to recognize the importance of having routines and a rhythm to each day. Amongst the individuals who have been of the greatest concern to me during the pandemic are those who have either been furloughed or who have lost their jobs and who find themselves struggling to find a reason to get out of bed in the morning or indeed to do anything at all other than eat and sleep and watch television. We all recognize that stress and overwork are bad for us, but conversely, the total absence of stress or of any other external demands upon us can be just as psychologically draining and can leave us feeling every bit as depressed and exhausted. As human beings, we need to be able to find some measure of meaning and purpose in each day, however small, to be able to function properly. Pre-pandemic, we may all have had times when we craved a restful, comfortable and peaceful existence, completely insulated from the pain and the turbulence and the inconvenience of the world outside and from the demands that others make upon us. And we certainly need short periods like that from time to time. But as a whole way of life, that kind of comfortable and undemanding existence can be fraught with peril and emphatically not a path to human flourishing. Indeed, George Bernard Shaw once famously remarked that a permanent holiday is a good working definition of hell. Or, to put it another way, strange as it may seem, we actually need at least some measure of discomfort and stress in our lives to prompt us into action, to help us to find motivation to inspire us to try something new or to take us out of our comfort zone, perhaps even to take us to a place that holds fears for us 
because how else are we to continue to grow and to discover more about who we truly are, what we can do and what we might become? And the same is true, of course, of the life of faith. The Holy Spirit is a spirit who brings us comfort, but who also disturbs us. The Spirit of God can speak to us in a still, small voice of calm, but also in a rushing wind and in tongues of flame. Because this is a spirit of power and might, who blows where it will, and is never under our control. So, to surrender our life to the Spirit of God is likely to be exhilarating and breathtaking and dangerous and unimaginably wonderful. It certainly has its roller coaster moments, as well as its moments of profound stillness and beauty and calm. The one thing that it is not is a recipe for a quiet life. Our Old Testament lesson from the prophet Joel this evening, which, as we heard, is also quoted in our reading from Acts, gives us a fascinating insight into the power and wonder and complex and unexpected ways of the Spirit of God. The reading certainly begins straightforwardly enough with words of profound comfort and consolation. Fear not, rejoice and be glad, be ye not afraid. The prophet delivers wonderful news of the restoration of prosperity to the land, delivering the fruits of the earth in abundance. And he goes on to describe the outpouring of the Spirit upon the old and the young alike, sons and daughters, they will prophesy and dream dreams and see visions. There will be a broadening of the imagination and an expanding of the vision of a previously traumatized people who can now look to the future with their hearts and minds refreshed and renewed. And then, just as we are caught up into this vision of wonderfulness, and inextricably woven into it, the prophet speaks not only of other wonders in the heavens, but wonders that are far less comforting and much more startling. There is talk of blood and fire and pillars of smoke on earth, the sun turning into darkness, the moon into blood, before the great and the terrible day of the Lord. Somehow, the prophet manages to draw all of these themes together, comfort alongside challenge, unimaginable beauty and prosperity alongside the most startling and disorientating vision of the disintegration and transformation of all that we take for granted in our earthly lives. But how very appropriate this is as testimony to the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit that brings all these things to pass. The God whom we are called to trust certainly brings comfort, but it is not the kind of comfort that is assumed as a right 
by the comfortable and the complacent. Rather, it is comfort brought to those who are already striding out on a journey of discovery, a journey that will take them to places of darkness and difficulty, and beyond that, to wonders that will exceed anything they can imagine. In his book about prayer, entitled With Open Hands, the Dutch Roman Catholic priest, theologian, and writer on spirituality, Henry Nouwen, who died in 1996, described the life of prayer in terms that also tell us everything we need to know about the reality of life lived in the spirit, for the two are surely one and the same. He wrote this. A life in prayer is a life with open hands, where you are not ashamed of your weakness, but realize that it is far more perfect for a man to be led by the other than to seek to hold everything within his own hands. Only within this kind of life does a spoken prayer make sense. A prayer in church, at table or in school is only a witness to what we want to make of our whole lives. Such a prayer only recalls to mind that praying is living and it invites you to make this an ever greater reality. Thus, there are as many ways to pray as there are moments in life. Sometimes you seek out a quiet spot and you want to be alone. Sometimes you look for a friend and you want to be together. Sometimes you'd like a book or some music. Sometimes you want to sing out with hundreds, sometimes only to whisper with a few. Sometimes you want to say it with words, sometimes with a deep silence. In all these moments, you gradually make your life more a prayer, and you open your hands to be led by God, even to where you would rather not go. Amen.
Let us pray. Holy Spirit of God, Spirit of truth, of light, of love, by whom Christ is made known to us, and through whom the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Come upon us this Pentecost to renew in us such gifts and graces as will glorify God and equip us for ministry and witness in the church and in the world. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy upon our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all. Guide the leaders of the nations and banish from them the spirit that makes for conflict and violence, that all races and peoples may learn to live as members of one family in love and respect. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Guide and direct, O Lord, the minds of all who are entrusted with the leadership of your church in our time. Restore our faith and our vision. Renew our energies and our love. Revive your people to new life and power, that we may all live and speak for Christ to the world he came to save and ever advance his kingdom. We praise you, O God, for the fellowship of the Spirit, who unites us in the bond of peace as members of one body. Deepen our communion one with another in Christ, and grant that through your Spirit, continually working in us, we may daily increase in the knowledge of your love and learn to love our brothers and sisters with the love you have shown to us in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the skills of artists, writers and musicians and for every means by which our life and worship are enriched. Help us to be good stewards of your gifts by using them wisely and well, in service to one another and to the glory of your name. We pray too for those who work in the media, for all journalists, broadcasters, photographers and their support staff, and for all who work in film, that they may work with integrity and through the pursuit of the truth may help to make our world more just and enhance the welfare of our communities. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are sick 
and in need of healing and hope. We remember especially those suffering from coronavirus and all who care for them. For those whose medical treatment or surgery has been postponed as a result of the pandemic. For those who feel isolated, alone, or afraid. Almighty God, whose Son, Jesus Christ, knew the pain of human suffering, have compassion on those who are enduring illness and pain. Strengthen them in their hour of need. Uphold their faith, that they may trust and never be afraid, and grant them the comfort and certain knowledge of your presence with them now. We pray especially for those known to us who are in need of our prayers this night. We name them in the silence of our hearts, and we ask God's blessing upon them. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who have died and for any who are dying now. We pray for them and for all who mourn their loss and feel the pain of bereavement. Rest eternal grant to them, O Lord, and may light perpetual shine upon them. May they rest in peace and rise in glory. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, you have taught us in your word that the fruit of the Spirit is love. Give us by your Spirit the realization of that love in our hearts, the love that is patient, kind, and envies no one, the love that is never boastful or conceited or rude, the love that is never selfish nor quick to take offense, the love that does not gloat over the sins of others but delights in the truth, the love that will last forever. Above all else, help us, O God, our Father, to know that Christ is love, love in person, and love is Christ in our hearts. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
peace of God which passeth all understanding keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you all. Amen.